0: Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 to 10. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 to 10. So our series, as you can see, we're doing is called Set Apart. It's very pretty, isn't it? Black and black and purple. Although I know Caitlin doesn't like the colour purple. She thinks it's an ugly colour. Although aren't you wearing purple today? Yeah, look. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. Uh, the plot thickens. All right, Jeremiah chapter one, verse four to ten. Just gave you some time to look it up. All right, so then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set this Um, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So today, my message, if you're taking notes, the title of this is called Your Choice. Your Choice. Because we are not victims of our lives. We live in a victim mentality culture at the moment. It's like any reason, any excuse you can use to blame other people for the way that your life has turned out. That's what, that's the culture we're living in. We can blame other people for our choices. We can blame other people for our circumstances. But God has not called us to live in a victim mentality. It is our choice of how we live our life. We can make a choice to live a life with victim mentality or we can choose to live a life with a victor's mentality. We can choose to live this life for Jesus, set apart to follow Him, say yes to God and obey Him. There is nothing that stands in your way of living the life that God has called you to, except your choice, your choice. So the first point today is the plan. So how I found this scripture, like obviously, like since I was 11, I've you know read the Bible a bit more than this. But when I was 11, you know, I just kind of read most of the Gospels and things like that. I hadn't really ventured much into the um, Old Testament outside of maybe like Genesis, Exodus. I did kind of get banned from reading beginning of the Bible for a little period of time because at, at, in uh, the Old Testament, because I kept asking questions about what happened in this story with like this guy Lot and his like two daughters and how how did they get pregnant? What? This is interesting. <laughs> Dad, what's this about? And like, what does the word adultery mean? And what does, so yeah, that's, I kind of got bare to that. So I just, you know, ventured into the, the uh, Gospels a lot. And so I didn't really explore the Old Testament. But one day I remember I was like the typical, I wasn't even a teenager, I was 11. So I was like typical preteen, you know. Oh, my life, you know, so hard. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I might as well go and eat worms. You know, God can't use me. I'm 11 now. My whole life is over. I've already gone too far. You know, God can't use me anymore because I was too sinful. I've disobeyed. And I remember being in this moment. I said, God, would you speak to me? I don't know what to do. I don't know what you've called me to do. I don't know if you've called me to do anything. And I did the old grab the Bible together and then just pray and then open it. (laughs) And the funny thing was, is like, it didn't work every time. But like when I was younger, God was so gracious to me. And that is every time I did that, is that He had a word for me that was powerful. And in this time, you know, I I actually read it a bit more methodically these days, but (laughs) I opened it and this was the word that God spoke over me. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Isn't that incredible? Before you were even formed, before you were even formed, like before you were even a little like embryo, you know, like before you were even formed, He knew you. Before you were born, before you came out of the womb, You were sanctified by God, I sanctified you, he says. Or in the NIV, it says, I set you apart. In the ESV, it says consecrated, which means to make something holy, to set apart for God's glory. And it says, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Wow, this is what he spoke over Jeremiah. This is what was spoken over me as a little 11 year old when I said, God, I can't do anything for you. And he goes, boom, here's a guy that's just like you. Here's a guy, Jeremiah, who said the same thing, but this is what I had to say to him and this is what I'm saying to you. And can I tell you that this word is for all of you. It is for all of us. Like in Jeremiah 29:11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Just like in this, I knew you, I set you apart. It's His plan, He has a plan. You don't have to know it, He knows the plan that He has for you. It's understanding that you don't know, but He knows. It's the before you were formed, the before you were born, that He already knew you, that there was a plan. That's what you've got to understand. That's what you've got to believe is that before you could even think God set you apart and had a plan to be part of His glorious plan. You are set apart by God for God. So good. You know, like that little 11 year old preteen me sitting in my room, woe is me. You know, I thought that I couldn't do anything. I thought that nobody cared. I thought that I was too shy, too quiet, too insignificant. Like, I know none of you would believe that I was shy or quiet now, hey. (laughs) But I tell you what, my teachers at school, they'll tell you. Like they were so surprised I became a youth pastor. They're like, you talk? I was too shy, too quiet, too insignificant, too nerdy. Heck, I was a nerd, I still am. Uh, too unpopular, too untalented, too young to do anything for God. But God met me right there where I was. And I can tell you, if that's the thoughts that you have or something like that, if you're full of the I'm too this, I'm too that, I can't, I won't, you know, it's impossible. God will meet you right there. He has a plan, you don't have to know, you just have to believe that there is a plan and that God has got something for your life. Do you believe His Word or do you believe your Word? Do you believe His Word or do you believe the Word of the people around you? Do you believe what the world has said or spoken over you? Do, do you believe the doctor's report that was spoken over you? I'm not saying it in a, in a sense that like, don't believe your doctor. <laughs> They're like, take this medicine. You're like, no, nope, <laughs> I don't believe you. I'm not talking about that. But the, you know what? If you use that as a limitation, you know, God can't do anything with your life. You know, I look at Mel. Sorry, Mel, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but Mel was actually supposed to be in a wheelchair by the time she was 18. She's running around, walking, like she's always running around like, yeah, she's in the mosh pit. Like she's literally a walking, talking miracle. But can you imagine if she believed the report that was spoken over her life, Can you imagine all the things that she would have missed out on? That was one of the most incredible youth leaders I've ever seen. Like this girl is on fire. She can preach, she can teach, she can She just like, she's literally always got like a car full of youthies just driving around everywhere. You know, this girl's amazing. But if she believed just the word that was spoken over her life and not the word that God had actually put inside of her heart, where would she be? And I say that for everyone. We can't just rely on the words of others, the words spoken over our life, the limitations put on our life, because God doesn't put those same limitations on you. He has a plan. Do you believe His Word? Do you believe His plan? Or do you believe what's been spoken over your life? Do you believe what only you think about yourself? Or do you believe the God who sees your future before you even existed? The one who formed you and knows what you are actually designed for, what you are actually capable of? I think about like, who's got an iPhone here? We're gonna have this whole Apple, Android, like, you know, war, Uh, Apple, Samsung. Uh, (laughs) No, but I just think of like smartphones in general, right? Can you think about, like, I'm technologically challenged, I hate technology, um, but also it's very useful. As you can see, I'm very much an Apple, you know, I should get sponsorship. I've got an iPad as well. <laughs> but you know, like it's got so many features in these phones, right? But how many of them do we actually use? There is so much. I discover new things every day. Sometimes I look up like YouTube videos on how to do something and then they show you all these buttons, all these switches you didn't even know existed. You're like, wow, that's amazing. There's like all these things my youth kids show me all the time about how to use my phone. Or there's like, you know, you've got that countdown thing now that you can like take a photo, like you press a button, then you run away and then it counts down and then you like pose. And I was like, I didn't even know I could do that. Like <laughs> I didn't even know you could do hands free, like all this kind of stuff. There's so many features on this phone that we don't know about. We only use about 50% of them max, right? But if you took it to the creator and they told you all the features, could you tell them? That, that, that it doesn't work like that because you've never seen it before. No, you couldn't. If it told you, you know, you'd never seen it, the hands free, you know, thing that you can do with your phone before. And you, you know, you're just like, no, I can't do that. And the creator tells you, yes, it can. You're like, no, it can't because I've never used it before. But does that mean that it doesn't exist? It's not a feature in the phone. No, I think the person who knows how it works the most is the creator. They know all of the features. And that's the thing with us. We look at our life and we go, I can't do that. But do you know the features of you? Do you know the design, how you were designed and created? Can you look to the creator and tell him, no, God, I can't do that. That's not in my capabilities. That's not possible for me. Can you tell the iPhone creator what this phone can and can't do? Can you tell God what you can and can't do? No, you cannot because he created and designed you. He knows every feature. He knows what you are capable of. So are you going to believe? What only you know of yourself, what you only know you are capable of, what has been spoken over your life, or you're going to believe the creator who actually designed you, formed you, knew you before you existed. You're just yet to explore those features. You're yet to explore those features. Sorry, I've just got so much hair. I just get it in my mouth all the time. You know, um, <laughs> so good. And when you believe that, can I tell you the places that God will take you? You know, as an 11-year-old, it started there for me. When I believe that word that God has spoken over my life, you know, I started preaching when I was like 13. Um, I started, you know, worship leading up. I ran, ran the worship band when I was 14. You know, I was able to minister in my school and lead a worship group there and preach people, see people saved in school as a young nerdy kid who nobody even like cared about except for the other young nerdy kids, you know? And then, But we still had all these kids come, everyone from the most popular, from even our bullies show up at these things. And I go, how is that possible? It's because I just believed that God would do what He would say He would do, that He had a plan, that He had called me. And so I just stepped into that calling and just kept saying, okay, God, I'll do it. You know, even even now it's like, I just look back at even just on these 25 years of life and I go, I've been to places all around the world. You know, I've got to even preach in like Myanmar and Thailand in Bible colleges, in schools in like other churches and places. And I go, wow, that's crazy. You know, we've seen hundreds of kids give their life to Jesus through youth ministry over the last eight and a half years. And I go, wow, how is that even possible? Little 11 year old me would never have believed that possible and I still look at it and go, how is that possible? How is it possible that I got to speak on the steps of Parliament House? Like, how is that possible? But it's possible because I just said yes to God. I don't know the features that I have in my life. I don't know what He can do with my life, but He knows, He knows the plans. <laughs> And so I'm telling you this morning, that's not exclusive to me. I'm no one special. I literally have no idea what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> literally, I, I don't. I'm not, I don't even know where I am today. What am I doing? What am I thinking? Sometimes I can't even finish my sentences. But yeah, God can use me. So I'm telling you, that's not just for me. That's for every believer. If you just believe that God has a purpose and plan for your life, He is the Creator. He has a plan and He wants to fulfil it. So let Him have His way. The second thing is the promise. So God has just told Jeremiah this great plan that He has for his life. And what was Jeremiah's response in verse 6? To t- um, 6 it says, Then I said, Then said I, ah, Lord God, ah, God, behold, I can't speak because I'm a youth. Can you imagine God at this moment? Did I not just tell you that I knew you before you were even born? Like the audacity of Jeremiah, no, God, I can't do it. I'm young. All right, maybe when I'm older. Maybe when I got a bit more education, maybe, you know, when I've seen more of the world, maybe when I've gone through Bible college, maybe, you know, when I've had some training with other prophets, I can go be a prophet. But right now, God, I'm a little bit young. Haven't you noticed? Maybe you got the wrong Jeremiah, like check next door. No, like, can you imagine God in this moment? But who else makes excuses about why they can't do the things that God has called them to? How many of us make excuses, no God, you don't understand. It's really hard to go against the status quo. could be like Moses, no God, you don't understand I have a stutter. I can't speak in front of people. No God, don't you understand that that, that thing is not a thing that I can do. God, don't you understand? I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm not fit enough or I'm not good enough or I'm not popular enough or I'm not wealthy enough or I'm not intelligent enough or talented enough. They won't listen to me. It's not possible. How many excuses are we going to give God? In verse 7 it says, "But the Lord said to me, 'Do not say, I am a youth.'" In other words, stop with the excuses. Do not say that. Do not give me excuses. For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set this, uh, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. There is a plan, but there is a promise that comes with it. If we look at the, we look at all the limitations, but God sees the possibilities. God looks at your life and says, this is what you were created for. And the promise is that He will be with you. Do not be afraid of them because I will be with you and I will give you the words to speak. I will give you the words to say. God doesn't just throw you out in the deep end and go, maybe you can do it, maybe you can't. I'm just gonna sit back and watch. He's not cruel like that. He already knows you can do it, but He knows that you'll be afraid. So He says, I will go with you and I will give you the words to speak. I will give you the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. That's what God talks about in the book of Acts. We get the gift of the Holy Spirit that actually gives us discernment, gives us wisdom, gives us brings things to remembrance. You know, He helps us, He gives us the strength to do that. It's amazing what God can do with us, but His plan comes with the promise that He will be with us. In Hebrews 13, verse five to six, it says, He will not leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We forget who it is that goes with us, who goes before us, who goes beside us. What can man do to us? What can they do to us? We have been set apart for God. And I don't know about you, but I wanna fulfill the plan that He has for my life until the day that I die, until I see Him face to face. And I know that I can do it, not because I have any abilities or skills to do it, but because God is with me. Because God is with me, His Spirit is upon me. Why should I fear what man can do to me when God is with me? Why do their voices matter? Why do their opinions matter? Their answer is that they don't. They don't. You can choose to be afraid or you can choose to believe the promise that God has for you, that He will be with you. And the third thing is about your response. How are you going to respond to the call of God? What set Jeremiah apart from the rest of the nation? And nation, so they were all Israelites, right? So they were all people that believed God, you know, that they followed this tradition. They were God's chosen people. You know, they knew about the stories of the, the Red Sea parting and then God freeing the Israelites, you know, from, from slavery in Egypt. They all knew that story. They knew about the walls of Jericho. They knew about Adam and Eve. They knew about Noah and the boat. So it's not like they were just like, we don't even know who God is. No, they knew those stories. That was their ancestors. Some of them would have even witnessed miracles themselves. They knew who God was. So what was going on here? Why was it only Jeremiah was set apart? Because he's the only one that chose not just to believe that God was real, but actually to obey God and follow Him. That's what set him apart. He was a follower of God. He stood up when others didn't. He followed when others disobeyed. What sets you apart from God believers is being a Christ follower. Jesus is not just your Saviour, He is also your Lord. He didn't just come to save you from hell and eternity, but He came to transform your life now. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Matthew 16 verse 24 says, "Then Jesus said to his disciples, "If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me." Galatians 2:20 says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me." There are too many Christians out there who get, well, I don't even know if we can say Christian because Christian actually means Christ follower. There's too many God believers out there. There's too many Jesus believers out there. They don't get the new creation part. They don't get the, I am a new creation. So the old life has passed away. When you come to Jesus, you stop living in this. You actually walk away from that because God has given you a new life. You know, it's they don't get the part about denying myself. When you come to Jesus, it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. So it's not my will be done, it's your will be done. It's not what I want, but it's what you want. It's I don't live this way anymore. That's not me anymore. This is me who God has called me to be. It's a living a life of obedience, denying myself, taking up my cross. And it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. Why? Because I've been crucified with Christ. Oh, that's painful. I've been crucified. Literally, like the old self has been flogged and put to death. They're no longer relevant. They're no longer part of you. We can't have this attitude of Jesus is my Saviour, but not my Lord. I just wanna believe that God exists and I want all the benefits of knowing Jesus and I wanna receive all the benefits of grace, but I don't actually wanna obey God. No, I wanna just follow the lifestyle of this world. I don't wanna obey God, but I just want His grace. No, the point of grace is to pick you up when you fall. Grace is supposed to be empowering. It's not a get out of jail free card. It's to empower us to live the life, to live out the plan that God has called us to. It's so we can say, Jesus is not just my saviour. The saving part is the grace part. And that save when we have that transformation of salvation in our life, we are actually supposed to outwork it in our life. And grace gives us that ability because we ain't perfect, but we're supposed to outwork our salvation. It's supposed to change our lifestyle. We're not, we're not called to fit in, we're born to stand out. We are called to be set apart for His purpose and for His glory. So how will you respond? Will you be like Jeremiah or will you be like the children of Israel? Jeremiah 2, in Jeremiah 2, God says about the people of Israel that the fear of the Lord is not in you. That's why they go on this, this trail of disobedience because the fear of God is not in them because they don't want to obey. They just want to, they're like, yeah, but we're the blessed chosen children of God. Let's live this awesome life and do whatever we please. You know, that's the attitude that they have. And what does God say about them in verse 20? It says, For of old I have broken your yoke and burst your bonds. And you said, I will not transgress. When on every high hill and under every green tree, you lay down playing the harlot. What He's saying is that, in every open space, they don't care. They are unashamed about their sin. They are unashamed about going after idols. They're unashamed of living this life. You know, there's just all kinds, there's literally in this time, there's like this valley and it was literally this place where people just did all kinds of wickedness and sin. And they didn't care though. They were just unashamed about it. It's like, you should feel, probably feel some shame. You know, if you're killing people or you're like, there was sacrifice to children that was taking place. There was worship of other gods, you know, all this kind of stuff. Should you not feel shame? But they didn't. They were so open about the sin, but they're like, it's okay, because God loves us. We're His chosen people, no worries. They believed God, they knew the miracles and blessings He had given them, yet they still chose to go astray. How many Christians profess Jesus as their Saviour, but follow the passions of the world? He has called us to be set apart, which means we're meant to look different. If without speaking a word about Jesus, your life doesn't look like you are a Christian, then you've got a problem. And I'm saying that as a challenge. Maybe that's something you need to fix in your life. I'm not here to condemn you on that. I'm here to go, maybe you need to look at that because that's a problem. Because that probably means you're trying so hard to fit in and live the ways of the world. People should be able to recognise straight away. You know, one of the first things that people will always say to me is go, you never swear, do you? I'll give you five bucks if you say this word. I'll give you 10 bucks and I've been in workplaces where I've literally had 10 people around me like chanting come on swear 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 <laughs> like I'm like what like you know what's what wrong with you people like who cares and, you know it's just things like oh I'll go to a party and people are like oh yeah have a drink have another one I'm like no I'm done sometimes I, most parties I go to I don't even have any I'm like I don't even like it. I think it tastes disgusting but I'm like they're like people are like yeah let's go get drunk and I'm like no, (laughs) that's not even fun. I was like, if you need alcohol to have fun, then you're not a fun person. (sighs) Uh, (laughs) But this is the thing, it's just little things like that is enough. Or, you know, when people try to gossip about your boss at work, I shut it down every time I say, my boss pays me. I'm gonna do whatever they ask me to do. Like, you know? Then my boss, I'm gonna respect their position. I'm not gonna talk about them. You can do that. You risk your job. You disrespect them. That's your thing. I ain't doing it. You know, people notice these things about you. I don't even have to say that. And people ask one day you're like religious, aren't you? I'm like, I haven't even said a word about Jesus and they already know straight away. You're just you, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Now I'm labelled the Christian child at work. I'll get introduced to all the new people and this is our Christian child. Um, <laughs> but this is the thing, it should be seen on your life. It should be seen on your life before you ever speak a word that there's something different. And if it isn't, then there's something that you need to change. And Jeremiah 4, verse three to four it says for thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem Break up your fallow grounds and do not sow among thorns Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts O circumcision If you don't know what that is I ain't going to explain it to you you can go look that up but <laughs> circumcision was a way that God set apart his people But what's interesting is after that practice was introduced we see repeatedly this statement about circumcising your heart circumcise your heart. And why would God use those words? Because He could say purify, He could say sanctify, He could say clean your heart. He could say any of these other words, consecrate. But instead He goes circumcise. Why? Because it hurts. Because it's painful. Because it gives you this face like, all the guys are like, I hear the word circumcise. And you're like, yeah, no, that sounds painful. Because it's an operation. You know, that happens. And that's why I think as well, the word circumcised needs to be used because it's an operation that God does on your heart. It's an operation. It's gotta be something that hurts. God gets out the scalpel and He gets rid of that layer on your heart. He gets rid of that sin in your heart. He cuts out the things in your life that are not meant to be there. That, and it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be painful. Sometimes that means there's things you're not gonna be able to be involved in anymore that used to be a big part of your life. Sometimes there's gonna be people that you're gonna have to let go of in your life because it's just not working anymore. Sometimes there's gonna be practices and behaviours and habits. Sometimes it's gonna mean ridicule from your family and friends. But you have to let God use that scalpel on your heart, get rid of those things to purify, sanctify yourself, set you apart for Him and for His glory. Let's not be like the Israelites. Let's be like Jeremiah who says yes to God. God is calling His church to holiness and obedience. God is looking for those who will say yes to Him. Those who are like Jeremiah, willing to follow the call, willing to live a life that is set apart. But it's your choice. It's your choice. What are you going to do? Are you willing to live a life unchanged? Are you willing to live how you want to live? Is that really even working for you? If you ask yourself honestly. Is that actually working for you? Or do you want to live a life that's set apart for God? I don't know about you, but I want the latter. I want to live a life set apart for God. So I just ask everyone in this place right now just to close your eyes. Just to close your eyes, just so everyone in the room just gets a little moment of self-reflection, a bit of privacy. It's not something weird. But I just want to ask today, first of all, maybe there's some of you in this room today that you've never had a relationship with Jesus. you living that life like the Israelites, just doing what you want. You're living your life just according to your own passions, your own desires. Well, I just wanna say this morning, there's actually a different story. There's a different life that you can live, a different way you can live. God has a different plan than what you have for your life. And if that's you today and you're like, hey, I actually want that. I want to know Jesus. I want to know the plan that God has for my life. I want to follow that. If that's you this morning, you want to ask Jesus to come into your life. I just encourage you while every eye is closed in this place, just to lift your hand. We'd love to pray with you. And maybe this morning as well, you know that you're someone who's had a relationship with Jesus, but you kind of walked away. Maybe you're not actually living as a Christ follower. You just like that grace part. And you're like, hey, I actually want to get it right. I want to follow Jesus. I want to obey Him. I want to make sure that my relationship with Him is actually right. If that's you this morning, and you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, to do it right this time, if that's you, I just encourage you to lift your hand in this place and I'd love to pray with you. Awesome. I just want you to stand to your feet, church. You can open your eyes. You don't have to do it with your eyes closed. (laughs) could be dangerous. Um, (laughs) But I just want to encourage you this morning as we come to this time of worship, you know, we're talking about being set apart. So maybe you are a closet Christian. Maybe you are someone who's like, yeah, like I just try to fit in. I don't want to, like, I love Jesus. I want to live my life for Him, but I just want to live my life for Him inside the walls of church. That's not how we live a life for Him. It's supposed to be set apart. You're supposed to look different everywhere that you go. You're supposed to be someone that people just, you you just grab their attention because they're like, I can't understand why you don't live like this. I can't understand why you don't live with your partner. I can't understand why you don't sleep around. I can't understand why you don't get drunk. I can't understand why you won't gossip in the workplace and why you won't talk about this person. I can't understand why you don't cheat on your taxes. I can't understand, you know? You need to look different. If that's you and you're like, hey, you know what? There's probably some things in my life that I haven't actually submitted to God. I haven't been obedient. I haven't followed Him in. Or maybe it's just one of those things where you're like Jeremiah and you're like, I just have a like a box of excuses of why I can't do the things that God wants me to do. But I just want to get rid of that today and I actually just want to start following Him. If that's you... I want you to come down the front this morning. Like I want to be set apart. I want to get rid of the excuses or I just want to actually start being obedient and follow Him. If that's you, I want you to come down the front this morning, make that declaration before God and let's follow after Him. But we're just going to worship. So that's you, just be bold, be courageous and uh, let's sing.